Stanford University. Welcome. You're listening to a podcast from Stanford University's Center for the Study of Poverty and Inequality. I'm Diantha Parker. This week on the podcast, How the Great Recession Made Americans Think, or Not, About Having Children. Philip Morgan is a sociologist at Duke University who studies fertility. That's basically how many babies are born at any given time in history and how and why the numbers vary. Morgan says that as data goes, fertility is pretty unambiguous. Women don't say, geez, maybe I had a birth uh, last week, but I don't remember. These are major events in people's lives. They get recorded by uh, the government, um, and these birth certificates in turn are the data source that I'm looking at. Morgan's data was from 2009. Since conceiving and then having a baby takes about a year, it's possible that people who had children in 2009 hadn't set out to bring them into the worst economic climate since the 1930s. Remember, most people didn't anticipate the recession, or at least didn't anticipate that it would be as severe as it was. My primary uh, expectation going in is that the recession would reduce fertility somewhat, but I didn't know how much. Morgan says that in times of recession, people tend to approach childbearing in two ways. On one hand, it's not a good time. There's often less money around, and one or both parents may be out of work, so they hold off. On the other hand, one parent out of work might mean there's time to stay home with a new baby. So many people take the plunge. Morgan says that in the first year of the Great Recession, more people went for option one, waiting. The birth rate dropped 5%, which means about 200,000 fewer babies were born in 2009 than in 2008. Not every uh, state was hit equally hard by the recession. And if the recession's the true cause of this downturn in fertility, then one would expect uh, the state's hardest hit would have the greatest declines in fertility. And in fact, that's what we did find. Morgan found that the states where fertility plummeted the most had something else in common. They were mainly red states, ones that had supported John McCain in the last presidential election. And Morgan says that historically, in both good times and bad, red states have higher birth rates than blue ones. And that's supposed to be because red states are, uh, have stronger family values. One story would be that the recession wouldn't affect red states as much. That is, their fertility would remain, remain relatively high. Because family is so important, not even a recession would sort of slow them down. But this recession did. Hard-hit red states responded with a significant drop in fertility. And Morgan saw a possible reason for that, too. The alternative story uh, would be that the red states would be more responsive, again because of their uh, reduced or lessened uh, faith in the, in the government to handle the crisis. They might see it as even more severe. He says this last possibility occurred to him when he took a trip from the relatively blue corner of North Carolina, where he lives, the research triangle, to visit relatives in fairly red central Pennsylvania. He says he was used to disagreeing with them over politics, and when President George W. Bush was in office, he says they'd often counter his dismay over the economy or other political issues with optimism about how the administration was handling things. But this visit, three months after President Barack Obama's inauguration, was different. I really was uh, not prepared for how concerned they were about the recession. They seemed to take concern to a whole nother level. And they were telling me about things that they'd been hearing on Fox News and from Rush Limbaugh. And it just, it was jarring because I remembered, um, you know, prior to Obama's election, I was the one more concerned about all of these things. And now all of a sudden they were. 
Morgan says not much had changed yet in the country, except for the staff in the White House. But his relatives' view of the country's situation had done a 180, and so had his own. So Morgan began to think about how perception of the Great Recession's severity, rather than actual change, was affecting how people in red and blue states were planning their families. To check this, Morgan and his colleagues had more current data to compare it with, Gallup polls. These pollsters regularly call a percentage of the population and ask the same questions. How concerned are you about the economy? Is your economic condition getting better or worse? I've been a social scientist for over three decades. I think this is one of the most striking observations uh, I've ever seen. And again, uh, it's the Gallup data which shows this. The Democrats and Republicans and independents, their, their attitudes show increasing concern. It's this differential that's so interesting. Uh, it's Republicans, as long as George Bush was president, Republicans were much more favorable on the economy. And then you're right, it only took, the data show it only took three or four months after uh, the Obama election and then the inauguration for that to be completely switched around. And I have a, I have a hard time thinking of what is what other possible explanation could it be except for these frames or perspectives that we bring to the, to the situation. Morgan is quick to add that the declines in fertility, or optimism, that he saw in these findings don't suggest that one group is more alarmist than another. It's more that we tend to associate with other people like ourselves. We self-select into our neighborhoods, into our churches, um, and what that means is you wind up interacting with people who have a particular point of view. And if you had another view, all that interaction is likely to make you change your view in that direction. This means that if people around you are putting off having children because they're freaked out about the economy and the country's political direction, you're likely to start feeling the same way. One way to think about having children is it is like having a car. It's a consumer decision, <laughs> uh, but you're buying something that's very expensive. Certainly, you know, many parents think about those cost considerations when they have children. But a lot of it is the, uh, the community in which you're situated. Another way to see if this is what's really going on is to dig a little deeper into the red state-blue state divide. Do blue communities in red states operate like the rest of the state? Because regardless of state, uh, Obama won the, the lion's share of the minority vote. And again, the birth certificate data includes data on race and ethnicity of the parents. So we could actually separate births into birth to white parents, birth to white mothers, and birth to African-American or Hispanic. Morgan says minorities in red states were more likely to become parents. Their birth rates didn't seem to follow the red state trend of putting off families. The data suggests that that is a white-only phenomenon, and that's precisely what you, what you would expect, uh, because one would think that the, uh, the minority communities are, quote, blue, no matter what state they're in. Given that, Morgan is eager to see what the next two years of data will show. He says it's possible that as the recession continued into 2009 and 2010, we'll see that birth rates drop further, even in blue states. I suspect that the response to the recession in our fertility behavior is a bit like it is in, in the consumer behavior. That is, the recession may be over, but lots of people don't believe it. They don't believe it, they don't feel it, and until they do, they're not going to change their behavior. Morgan says he initially suspects the Great Recession will decrease fertility about 5% for three to five years, continuing the trend of 2009. He also thinks the red and blue distinctions could disappear as the birth rates from 2010 and 2011 become available. 
But he suspects politics could strongly affect fertility again soon. The 2012 election is right around the corner. You've been listening to a podcast from Stanford's Center for the Study of Poverty and Inequality. For more on this and other new research from the center, check out the book, The Great Recession. It's coming out this month from the Russell Sage Foundation. Our funding comes from the Elfenworks Foundation. Our music is by Pharos. The editor of this podcast series is Christopher Weimer, and I'm Diantha Parker. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.